Well, uh, hello, podcast world, and uh, hello to Facebook <laughs> land, as Darth Pat is poking at his monitor. Uh, well, hello, I everyone. Just the message. Oh, he had a message. You see, Mr. Important, important guy over here. I see how it goes. No, it was, well, the, message. It was the message that said we were now being live streamed. Oh, okay. Okay. I got your live I'll, stream right here. I had, to uh, get rid, I had to get rid of that so it wasn't oh, distracting. Well, hello, hello everybody. <laughs> it's me here once again with my cohorts. One's missing. Yeah. He's in my hometown of Chicago watching the AEW live pay-per-view. He's actually at the pay-per-view, so I'm stuck here with Darth Pat and Jeremy. Stuck. <laughs> oh, nice job. Stuck. Stuck. I'm stuck. I'm Drimic with you guys. There we go. <laughs> Drimic. It's it's our new catchphrase. It's our new word. You can use Drimic in whatever manner you want. We prefer it's, to use it in the manner of describing the new gimmicks that uh, WWE's been putting out. They're Drimics. They're they're very Drimic. Yeah, Drimic. It's gonna be a new word. Let me get a shirt of that shit. Copyright it. Put it on a shirt. Sell it. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. So how you fellas doing? Doing great. Doing great. You know, we did a. The wife and I did some volunteer time uh, yesterday at the local uh, baseball team, our AAA team for the Phillies. Yes. yes. So what did uh what did you do as far as volunteering? Did you hand out some food? Did you yes. walk around uh, through the stands and got beer for sale? Got beer for I, sale? You know what they don't <laughs> have, have those people. Part. They don't do that, as far as I know. I've not yeah. seen the beer people, um, and I think that has to do with to do the that. whole you know COVID nineteen thing. Because I do remember when Very I first true. went there, they had the cotton candy guys and the beer guys walking up and down, yeah. but. Uh, they don't do that anymore, but my wife and I, we were assigned to do, um, they had this thing called the Burke's pat, uh, picnic patio and yes. you pay a little bit more that. to get tickets. It's like 25 bucks, maybe almost 30, somewhere in there. Um, but with that, you have a two and a half hour buffet and it's all you can eat as well as all you can drink. Um, they give you snacks and stuff like that, but, uh. The, the food choices aren't bad. They're, uh, you know, they're decent. They're, you know, your typical buffet type things you get. You can either get a hamburger, yeah. hot dog, fried chicken, uh, baked ziti, baked beans. Uh, you got potato salad, coleslaw. Uh, you can get condiments for your burger or your hot dog, whichever you want you're getting both. Um, it was baked but yeah. beans. But yeah, we had, <laughs> we had some people that came up like three times to get food. I was like, damn, dude is hungry. It's <laughs> a hungry mofos right there. All right. But uh, hey. yeah, the, yesterday it was Coca-Cola Park that uh, Coca-Cola, not the park, Coca-Cola company that rented out it. It's got 500 seats and they rented all 500 now. They only had about maybe about 100 people, maybe a little bit more show up. Okay. And it's crazy because I was asking somebody that came through the line. I was like, you, got, you guys are with Coca-Cola, right? And he's like, yeah. I said, you guys get these tickets for free, right? He's like, oh, yeah. We just, and I said, you just, I'm guessing you just sign up at work, you know, to say, hey, I'm going to go. And they give you two tickets or whatever how many tickets you ask for he's like yep i was like that's crazy that more people don't take advantage of that you have 500 available seats and maybe 100 came like that's crazy you know a free ticket i'll be all spot. over it oh yeah absolutely a free night at the baseball at for is i don't know if you're limited on p- tickets but i saw a family like six come in that on 
you know, so I'm guessing there wasn't really a big limit, especially if not a lot of people ask for them, they can probably get as many as you want uh, yeah. until they're gone. But uh, it was cool. We, uh, we handed out food, you know, it was a buffet style. So we were serving the food to them. We were putting it on a plate and okay. it to them uh, because, you know, with COVID, anything that's buffet style, the people have to serve it and then they can give you your plate. You're not allowed to serve yourself anymore with buffets as you, most of us know. Um, yeah. So well, it was cool. Stuff. It was cool. It was all to raise money for my daughter's, um, you know, cheer program so that they can get new uniforms and stuff. Because uh, one of the things they try not to do, uh, which I think is going to come by to bite some parents in the butt um, or just the organization at this time is they don't charge for uniform purchases um, because mm, it's a big okay. expense. They're a rec organization. They're not an elite organization. So they're not on that next level. So okay. they try and eat the cost, but they try to eat that cost through major fundraising too, because I didn't know this until they, my wife got more involved. Those uniforms are freaking expensive. They're like three and $400 for a freaking uniform. For one yeah. uniform. Remember yeah, that for uniform. the marching band? The marching band uniforms were costly, so. Yeah, they're freaking expensive. For, for, for cheer, This is cheer, right? Yes. A cheer uniform. Yes. yes. For fucking out of that. Oh my yes. God. Yep. Bro, we could get we could get the basketball uniforms for LCYA cheaper than that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really expensive. It's because it's a very niche market, and there's not a whole lot. From what I know, there's not a lot of people, not a lot of dealers of those type of uniforms because of the material that they're made out of too. It's like I don't, I wouldn't say it's a special material, but it's definitely a, a material that is different than like any other type of normal uniform material. You know, it's not Jeez. necessarily like a spandex material. It is different, but it's just crazy. So, you know, the, the organization usually does what they normally do is a big uh, purse bingo raffle type thing. And that usually okay. brings in a very good amount of money to be able to cover those costs. People like their bingo. Can't do the bingo because of COVID. You know, they can't necessarily yeah. have everybody in a big, huge, confined space like that. I mean, they probably could, but they don't want to risk it putting that yeah. many people. And who knows what kind of turnout you get because of COVID. You know, people may yeah. not feel comfortable with that. So this was the alternative. And people didn't I, I sign up. I think it's cool. I think it's cool, though. Yeah. You know, so they, so whatever you would have made like wage wise is what they donated to the, yeah. um, the cheerleading organization. I mean, that's cool overall. Yeah. That's that, shit. I wish, I wish, wish I know. I, I don't know how long they've been doing that, but I wish, uh, I wish I would have known that when I was still looking up there, you know, coaching the basketball. That, that would have been a, probably a fucking help for us to pay for kids to get, you know, registration fees and stuff of that nature. Well, you know? yeah, they uh, you can you can also do it, and I might suggest this because of still coaching for that organization that you're talking about, LCYA baby, um, <laughs> the Bulldogs. Yeah, you can actually do it over at the Phantoms. You can do it at the Phantoms games too. Really? Yeah. Oh. My my concern is what we saw with my with the organization my daughter's part of is that you're going to get very low turnout. Which, I mean, granted, if you only have we're used to that. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we get five six people. You know, you're still going to raise about five to six hundred dollars. That's still a good chunk of change, even if that goes towards new uniform purchases, you know, or helps out those couple people that can't afford, you know, the registration, but their kids want to play. And we're like, okay, well, we can do this, or you need to do this in order to pay for the kids' registration. Like, it's it's four to five hours of your time. It's not a huge commitment, you know. It's it, it's and it's no. one time. You could do it one time and be done, you know. It's yeah. just, uh, I don't know, it, it frustrates me because then, you know, you're going to have parents who don't show up 
you know, they'll be the ones bidding about something. And it's going to be like, well, here was your option. You know, we could have, you know, instead of forking out money now or doing these, you know, fundraisers, you could have, you could have spent four five, six hours at uh, a baseball game or a hockey game to, you know, help out volunteer some time. It's not the end of the world. I just, just people are just so, I don't know. Yeah. Too many people just think things are things that they're entitled to shit anymore these days and don't don't want to work for anything. Yeah. There's certain amount. As long as I coach bet. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's just a certain amount of people you're just never going to convince to, uh, you know, uh, to do anything. Uh, like, you know, I, I was in marching band, you know, for five years because, you know, getting kids to come out from marching band in my high school is an ordeal. And I don't know if I mentioned this within the last couple of weeks, but this year that school's marching band has 10 kids in it. Oh, yeah. Marching band's going way down for most schools. Ten. Wow. It's like if you can't get – that's like well, – at that point, it's like why you bother. They have a trombone player yeah. <laughs> and four but, drummers. But it's was, like, uh... well, the reason I'm probably bringing this up is because we we had an, what was compared to pretty much like every every other school that we put, that we would play an embarrassingly low number back when I was in high school. But we always still usually had at least 30 kids. They have yeah. 10 now. But anyway <laughs> – <laughs> during my five years in band and the years that preceded that when i wasn't in the band but my older sister was and the years that followed when i after i graduated but my younger sister was still there you know the uh, the concession stands at the football at the at our home football games were run by the band the band yeah the parents yeah yeah and mm-hmm. you know like the proceeds went to the band and everything and there i remember there was like controversy some years when the uh like the football mothers wanted to like tap into the resources from the concession stands to like you know to do something for the football program and like the band parents went nuts because they say uh bullshit we're the ones who run it for the band you don't ever come and help for that so you're not getting any of that money you know but the other issue was even even within the band then it was basically the same group of 10 parents who were running those stands every freaking football game and they would try to convince like you know just just volunteer for one game and it's like oh yeah i'm gonna miss the kids perform my kids performing then my mother flipped out on one person one year finally <laughs> saying i have been doing this for eight years and i always miss my kid perform because i'm always in this stand every game every week you can't yep. do one week a year no, you so know, people are so fucking selfish man yeah 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 that's exactly what it is so yeah, it's not it's, it's, and that's it's unfortunate but yeah it's 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 really uh, a bit of a pain in the ass to get people to uh you know do something for somebody else basically yeah and this wasn't yeah. even a situation where it's like like well, i'm asking you to do something for somebody else really it's really more of a situation of like hey I'm asking you to do this because this is going to help your kid. You know, <laughs> this will help us buy new uniforms, buy new instruments, you know, stuff that they need. And I get yeah, it. It's... Like, so I, I get it from this aspect of being a parent too, with kids, with a kid in sports. So, and the school fundraisers, there's fundraisers out the freaking wazoo. Like they, they really are like, there's a ton of them. So as a parent, it's like, man, I just did this fundraiser, just did this fundraiser. 
So you kind of got to pick and choose like your battles where you want to ask people to donate and stuff like that. And I, uh-huh. I get that, but this type of fundraising where you can go work as a volunteer, do something that's different than what you've been doing, like what your day-to-day job, unless of course you work in like fast food or something like that, then it's kind of like doing the same thing. But yeah, you know, it's something different. You get to interact with people that you don't mm. normally do. You can have a good time with it. You can work with other people from the organization and as a coach, like as a coach, I'm going to do it because I want to be able to get back to the organization. A lot of people don't yep. realize that these organizations that like LCYA and Platinum uh, Rec Cheering, um, you know, those two organizations, just to name two, or any Correct. other nonprofit, they, the money that they bring in from donations and registrations and stuff like that, that all goes back out the door to pay for costs. It's all, yep. it's not like they sit there and hoard that money and say, oh, I'm going to pay this office. I'm going to pay this off. No, they're, they're nonprofits or some of them are non-for-profit where everything still has, you know, they, they everything's still got to be accounted for and it's got to be paid out. But either way, there's nobody getting paid by anything. It's all got to be, you know, gone. It's, it's got to be a zero line yep. at the end of the day. And it's, you know, you know, some people think that. I, I think they have the impression that the people that run the organization are making profit off the, you know, these fundraisers and stuff like that. And it's just not true. It's nothing, you know, everything that you do is just to help the organization, you know, uniforms, registration costs, like, you know, Joe and, and Joe knows this from our LCYA days. Our registration is probably one of the lowest out there because of the fact yeah. that we're able to do one of the leagues that we belong to and to the amount of fundraising that parents do participate in allows us to keep a much lower registration. Uh, one of the other coaches, the guy that uh, he's actually the basketball coordinator, we looked into wanting to go to a different organization because we're getting tired of the one that we're part, uh, not the not organization, but different league because we're tired of getting yeah. into it. But the problem is, is that league's registration is so low per team. That's, that's one of the other reasons we can keep it low. We looked into going to another league and the registration cost is about triple. It goes from about 250 to about like 800. That's just insane. Uh, and that's per team. So we would have to charge, We going from like $60, we'd have to charge about $120 per kid because you got to include ref fees in there that are not included in the registration fee. You got to cl- include, yep. uh, there's just other fees that are included in there. It's not just the registration fee. There's other things that are included in that, you know? Um, so it's just, it's, uh, it's crazy to think. It's a lot. You know, people just don't get it. Nope. And they, some people used to tell me, Oh, don't you get paid to do this? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't. No coaching is voluntary. No. It's voluntary. Um, the only coaches no. that get paid ten, are the ones ten. that coach in high school. <clears throat> yes. Middle school element. No, element, no, elementary, elementary probably. Yeah. But elementary most. Yeah. Unless you're in school, you're not getting paid. No. Or unless it's, uh, you know, an AAU league, then they might get paid too. Yeah, they you know, pay themselves out of all those fees that something. they collect. Yeah, stipends or some bullshit like that. I don't know. AA, AAU is corrupt in a lot of areas anyway these days. Still has been. So, yeah. <laughs> is what it is. I'll say it. I don't care. I've and seen a lot funny. of this. There's, there's AAU for everything now. Like um, all these travel yeah. leagues for softball. That's all AAU stuff. They just call it travel leagues. It's AAU programs. Uh, my biggest problem with a with those type of programs is they really they I don't want to say all of them, but there is a vast majority of them that give parents and athletes the false hope 
that their kid's going to get drafted into a division one school and possibly go <laughs> pro. Um, yeah. The likelihood also. of your kid, and, and this is to any parent out there, and this is not to say that your kid is not talented by any means and your kid doesn't have a shot at playing uh, at a very high level, but there is a reality that goes with that. And that is the fact that there's raw talent behind the work ethic. And if you're, if you're athlete and if your coach that's going to coach your kid is not willing to tell you that your kid maybe doesn't have the raw talent to go with the hard work ethic that they need to have, there's a very high likelihood that your kid will not play division one, a mm -hmm. or division one or whatever it's considered now in college ball and get a free ride. It is so hard because there's limited scholarships, especially if you're playing not, if you're not playing basketball or football, you're talking very limited sports scholarships. Yep. And two, if you're not playing men's, if you're not a boy too, which is the other sad thing when it comes to women and women's sports, the, the likelihood that the scholarship level, the amount of scholarships is even more limited. And it's a sad, it's just the way it is. I mean, I, we have no control of it and I don't think it's right, but that's the way it is. You know, they, it's the high profile sports, which is men's football and men's basketball. Those are the high profile yeah. sports for most colleges. Yeah. No, you're right. It's all, it's, it's all, it's all about the money. <laughs> That's right. And unfortunately women's sports and the, the non high profile sports, men and women, just, they don't, they're not cash cows. So no, there's, 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 there's only, there's really only two sports that are football and men's basketball. Yep. Yeah. That's that's really it. It'll always be that way, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, when women's basketball, I mean, I still don't think it makes a, a lot of money. You know, it's we know it's there all the time. They're they're trying to make a bigger deal out of. Of course, they're trying to put on the same level as the men's uh, as the men's game. I don't think it's ever going to get there. Um, but you know, I think the only help. way that professional women's basketball will get to that. Uh, anticipation of play and wanting to get more viewers, especially the male viewers is if there's dunking involved, like if you can get a large majority of women that can dunk in the, in the WNBA, yeah, then you and there's only a handful, <laughs> right? You might get a, you might draw a larger crowd to that because that's the game has evolved that much because they can shoot just as well as the men. Like there's, there's no doubt if you watch it, if you've ever watched a WNBA game or even a oh, yeah. uh, women's college game, they can shoot those, they can shoot the fucking lights out. There ain't no goddamn doubt about it. Um, but the aspect that's missing is the ability to dunk and in, in, in a high majority of the, uh, the high of flying can, shit. you know, that they, they're not able to, and that's, I don't, I, you could probably say it's probably genetics. I don't really know. Um, because there are definitely some very tall women black basketball players. Um, <laughs> they yeah, definitely I mean, don't just, uh, have height. They don't have a problem with height. It's just uh, the reality of it, unfortunately. I mean, I, I, I watch women's college basketball, and I watch the WNBA a lot. I, I just I like sports overall in general, like I mm -hmm. talked about before. And I just I love basketball, and I watch, uh, I watch all various. I watch high school basketball, too, boys, girls. You know, on the local scene and whatnot, I'll watch. I'll watch the games and all that jazz. It's just, uh, it's fun to me. I just like watching the sport. And for me, it's kind of like, even though it's college and pro women's, you know, they don't. Their game is still pure to the to the aspect where you don't have a lot of the BS flopping and the shenanigans and some of the other shit that comes with the NBA. You know, barely any defense. You know, showboating. 
isos every goddamn half court play you know stuff like that <laughs> like the girls play defense they you know they actually play you know they, they play smart and everything like that you know there's no showboat or say you know you know 14 million crossovers before they decide to shoot a, a step back 40 foot three-pointer you know it's none <laughs> of that shit like you know they actually play so it's 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 fun for me to watch it because it's more pure basketball per se and in, in, for me and my in the aspect of, of how I think about it. And yeah, the so, fundamentals, man. Yeah, you know, the fundamentals and all that jazz is just more fun for me to watch. And I, I like watching like the the young, the young people, the young talent that's out there. Um, especially the local area, the local colleges and stuff like that. I'm not fans of really any of them, but just for, mm-hmm. it's just me having the joy of of just watching basketball in general. Yeah. That's really uh, it for me. I'm watching sports in general too. Well, there's a lot of talented people out there. Yeah, there's just and that's the I I because I fell out of I don't want to say I fell out of love with basketball. I just fell out of love with the the NBA because it's just like you, all the things that you pointed out uh, are all the things that hard. I dislike about the current style of play. Like it's just I want to see you know and Unfortunately, I don't get to watch pretty much any WNBA because one, I don't have live TV. I haven't had it for a long time. So, um, you know, I don't get to see that. But when I do get to see highlights and clips, you know, I do notice exactly what you're saying. There is there's real defense being played. It's not a lot of showboating. It's just play basketball and try and win a game like and, and, you know, and that's going to detract people from wanting to watch because you don't get that excitement of the ISOs and the stuff like that they want that they get in the NBA. So there's another detractor oh, yeah. from that. But, you know, if you're a purist, I don't want to say a purist, more of a purist of basketball and how it's, you know, how we grew up watching it and playing it. That is a more of a, an attractive what thing to watch. And, and some high school, you know, high school. I want to I want to say that high school is still more of a uh, towards the purist. Uh, of fundamentals, but I've seen some high school games where it's it's running gun, just like watching an NBA game. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? I've seen some of those too. Majority of it's still more traditional type of basketball yeah. per se. I just use those words, but yeah, I've seen <laughs> <laughs> the men's, the boys' uh, high school basketball where they're like high flying, and you know, I see this six foot ten. 260 pound dude who should be playing on, on the block like Shaq and he's jacking up, you know, 30 foot three pointers. And I'm like, Whoa, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> you just went one for eight right now on threes in the first half of the game. And see, and, and see there's a and thing, your coach like, hasn't yelled at you yet. That's amazing. I can see there. And there's a problem for me, you know, as a coach, um, you can't shoot that many threes and say like, I'm a good three point shooter. If you miss your first, if you make one out of four, that's 25%. That's not good. <laughs> like, just take two steps in from the from the three-point line. Just two. Like, I guarantee your shot percentage goes double. Well, maybe not yeah. double. Maybe to 40%. Don't about that, though. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it, and that's why, like, it's funny. Like, my kid, the kids that I've always coached, they always hate it because they're like, Coach, when are you going to let us shoot threes? I'm like, well, when you when you can become a a, a, a good three point shooter, sure, I wouldn't be more than happy to let you shoot threes. But there again, like I said, the dedication that a lot of kids don't understand the dedication and the work that goes into being a proficient three point shooter like a Steph Curry. Like, do you know how many time how many threes he shoots before a game even starts to warm no, up? Like, do you know how many threes he's shooting? when there's no practice, when there is practice, like, do you realize how much he actually puts into his craft 
before he actually steps on the court and starts jacking up in threes and is shooting 40% from the three-point line. Do you know yeah, what that these, takes? <laughs> these these kids just think it's going to come naturally. Not not for every. It's a small percentage. No, especially when Steph Curry came out of the came out of the college draft and they were like there's no way this kid's going to succeed. He's too small. He's, you know, he's short, he's too skinny, he's this, he's that and yeah. He you know, fine. he proved them all wrong. Like he, he's he's none of those things. He might have looked like that, but he's none of those things as far as a player goes. No. No, definitely not. <laughs> when the time what was it? Uh, oh, okay. So remember Stewart that was on my team? Stu, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so I remember the one time he was trying, you know, oh, he was shooting threes. So I, I told him he wasn't allowed to shoot threes. So I had to run laps. He was getting like aggravated about it. He's like, why can't I shoot threes? I was like, okay, here's the deal. I was like, you and the two others, I want to keep shooting threes all day long. I was like, it's on you, Stewart. If you can make nine, nine, I gave him an option. So he had to shoot 23s. I say, if you're able to make nine, that's a little below 50%. Mm-hmm. I'll let you shoot. If you're wide open, I'll let you shoot a three. Okay, okay, I got this. I got this. I said, I'll give you five warm up shots. <laughs> give five warm up shots. I made three out of five. You know, you're on a roll now. It starts now. He made seven out of 20. I was like, see, this is why I don't want you shooting threes. The three of you guys who always want to shoot threes, no boy, no. Let's get back to practice. Thank you very much. I just proved my point. Yeah. He was like, I was close. I was close. That's a good percentage. I was like, stop. <laughs> I said, stop yeah. it right now. Yeah. Yeah. There was one, there was young, one young gentleman that uh, I had the pleasure of coaching for two years in a row. And but the first year, it was even worse. Like he was shooting from his hip. Like that's how hard, like because he was short. Like this kid was barely five foot. He had to shoot down at his hip. So he's got the ball down here at his hip and he's chucking and his body's twisted in the air. I'm like, that's, oh God. that's not a good shot. Like you're not even, sh- there's no natural form to your shot. Like there's just no. nothing good about what you're doing right now. But coach, I could shoot threes. Let me shoot threes. It's going to take no. you like, no. longer to even get. There's. It's going to take him longer to figure out to get even a good, you know, follow through and stroke if he's chucking it up in that manner. Yeah. And it's funny because he played then he then played in the summer for a different coach because I, I stopped coaching the summer league uh, and the coach was working with him because I, I saw him working with him on a shot. And then he came back for the winter and he was shooting the same exact way, not quite as deep in his hip, but still like that because he was still hadn't really grown much. He may put one or two inches on maybe, but he was still very short, very undersized. And it's just, it was, it was bad. And it was funny because the first year, like he hadn't scored yet. And that was the other thing. Like we, he hadn't scored yet all season. So it's the last game of the season. And I forget who we were playing. Oh, I know who we were playing. I remember it was for the championship. Uh, And, uh, I was like, okay, he needs to get a shot. He needs to get score points. Like this kid's got to score. Like I'm a big believer in every kid should be able to score in a basketball game in the season because it just does something to that kid's ego. Okay. It, yeah, it, it no, makes it him feel good. You know, whether they scored all the points, scored two points, doesn't matter. And and I'm always happy for these kids when they do it. Um, and 
As we, the kids just kept on feeding him and feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. And finally, it took him like six tries from three-point line, but he finally <laughs> made one. And then, of course, in true fashion of kids these days, he was so ecstatic. He was so happy. And I was happy. I was like almost crying because I was like, oh, my God, this kid finally scored. Like after all these attempts, after all these games, he finally scored points. Yeah. He does this. He does the, what is it, the three? The three. Uh, stop, stop. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh... <laughs> God. You were one for seven. No twice of eights, bro. No, you're not. You're not. So I, I mean, I don't even know uh, what the. I don't know what this means. The three fingers to the head. I'm not. I know it has something to do with this. It, it is whatever something. Because something I've never like being on the shorter side myself, and I say shorter side because I'm five eight. You know, I always get psyched. Like I've never done any of the. Um, you know, taunting stuff or anything like that. The only time I ever like got excited and like did a taunt is if I blocked somebody because that's a big achievement for somebody my size to block somebody. <laughs> so like every time I've ever blocked somebody, it, the words that come out of my mouth is get that shit out of here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> natural. No, I never really did either. Maybe once or twice. I think I did. That was more like when we were doing it in gym class. <clears throat> mm -hmm. We were playing pickup games in gym class. One of the kids was Mr. Spinorama and this, that, the next thing. And he was like doing some crossovers and spinning around and this, that, and the next thing. He drove to the hole, went for a layup, and I swatted that shit. I was like, get the fuck out of my gym. And I was just <laughs> more pissed off. I was just more pissed off that he was just kind of like showboating. And I'm like, I want to play basketball, bro. I'm not sitting here trying to do this. And I <laughs> swatted that shit. I was like, design my fucking gym, bitch. Now, <laughs> it see, wasn't a kid I really talked to. He was in one of two of my classes, but I was like, God, you're so annoying right now. <laughs> and everyone's see, like standing around, like as the game's going on, like, all right, this, like, this is enough. Like he's just being a dick. And he wasn't scored any points. He was barely scoring any points. But it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, can we just fucking play? So I look at Darth Pat and I say Darth Pat was probably the showboater of sports. Like he was probably playing <laughs> something. He was like taunting kids and being like, I'm a giant. Listen here, fucker. <laughs> no, I, I, I never did anything like that because I had coaches who wouldn't tolerate that shit. This is so, very true. We did grow up in that era where uh, coaches didn't yeah, tolerate did. that kind of crap. <laughs> um, yeah, both baseball and, and basketball. When I played, I had coaches who, you know, basically they saw somebody showboating. The uh, the uh, reaction was, <laughs> come here, bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Now, it's, it's funny. I mean, I don't have a tremendous amount of memories from you know, when I played like basketball and everything, but you talk about blocking shots being fun. Um, the first competitive game I played in basketball, this would have been what I would have been in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. um, I got put into the game and I got put in to replace somebody who was playing one of the guards, even though I was one of the taller kids. They still didn't quite know what I could do. Uh, so they had me play a matchup against one of the kids who's playing guard for the other team. Mm-hmm. Now, I was a little uncomfortable because I had mostly practiced as, you know, playing down on the blocks and everything, playing forward, basically, or center. So, you know, defend the basket, get the rebound. You know, that was my thought. So I'm down there. And now I'm playing on a, this kid who's the guard, and he's – I've got at least six inches on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's not a fair fight in terms of height. He goes up for a shot, 
and there was not enough space between the two of us for him to be taking a shot in that instance. Mm-hmm. I just stuck my right hand out, and I'm left-handed, so this is actually kind of also interesting. I was taking my right hand out. I just stuck my right hand out like this. He jumps right into it with the ball and came back down with the ball still in his hands. <laughs> That's awesome. He he uh, was he was just not in any way a physical matchup for me. <laughs> no. That he could not even force the ball out of his hands. And I didn't even jump. I and I, I and I didn't think I had even exerted that much pressure on him. And like like when I when I went back to the bench, when like I came out of the game and my coach goes to me, nice block there. I said, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and my coach just started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Then put my hands up. <laughs> and the funny I, part is, all, all I do is go like this, and you just go. Oh. And crazy part is like, that's something we always like would tell the kids when they're down and low. Just don't jump with them. Just just stand there, put your arms up. Things mm-hmm. can happen, and see, things feet. can happen. <laughs> don't do anything. You know, just make the offensive there. players screw up. You don't make the screw up. You don't foul. Let them make the screw up, not you. Ah, oh, kids just don't listen. Yeah, it's crazy. They didn't listen 15 years ago and they don't listen today. So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so speaking about basketball, uh, being a Philadelphia fan, which is pretty tough right now being a Philadelphia fan because uh, the Sixers should be a much better team than what they are. And they lost to the Hawks in the playoffs, which I don't think too many were people were surprised about, except for Sixers fans. But uh, good old Charles Barkley, just to kind of preface it this a little bit, good old Charles Barkley um, was on the uh, the Mike Mizzellani show. I think I said that right. Mizzellani show. And he was... Mizzinelli? Mizzinelli. I don't know how to say it, but whatever. Something. <laughs> Either way, his name. He's, uh, he's on 97.5... Um, excuse me, on 97.5 The Fanatic, which is a sports talk radio show out of Philadelphia. And he had Charles Barkley on. And Charles Barkley, of course, was asked about, you know, Ben Simmons and, you know, what's been going on in Philadelphia. Because Ben Simmons, if anybody doesn't know, he is currently trying to get out of his contract. And Philadelphia wants to split with him, too. Um, because of the fact that they they don't want him there anymore. And he doesn't want to be there anymore. I don't think he's wanted to be there since he signed with Philadelphia, in my personal opinion, just seeing where he, how he's progressed, which is pretty much not at all. Um, he got yeah. Brett Brown pretty much fired because um, Brett Brown would not step up and, and be a coach, essentially, for Ben Simmons. Uh, and Ben Simmons, since the day he started, has not upped his game. He still can't shoot, shoot three throws. He still is scared to take shots. When it matters, he cannot shoot from the perimeter or it shows that he uh, he claims he can't shoot from the perimeter because we never see it. Uh, And during the playoffs in all four games in the in all the fourth quarter games of the uh, Hawks series, he did not shoot like he took very minimal shots or didn't shoot. And in the last game where they lost the series game seven, he didn't take a single shot at all, like not even one. Now, this is one of your top players. How? In the world is your top player on your team along with Joel Embiid not taking shots in the fourth quarter especially when he's your guard 
which to me still boggles my mind how he is a 6'10 guard, but hey, I'm not a coach in the NBA. And, uh, you know, eh, we'll just leave it at that. So I have it kind of queued up here, uh, and this is where they were talking about, you know, the series and stuff like that. So this is uh, Charles Barkley on Mike Mizanelli's show. 25 did not come to play. In fact, did not take a shot in the fourth quarter of four straight playoff games. Which is impossible. (laughs) That's impossible. impossible. But see, that's what bothers me. So y'all give him $200 million, I think. $200 million. What? Going right these days. <laughs> $200 million for a guy who can't shoot from the perimeter. Okay, then continue. He got 160 70 left on the deal. It makes $40 million a year. And y'all, and he gets mad when people criticize him for not only will he not shoot, he's afraid of the ball. And he's mad and wants to leave. This is what you guys have created. into <laughs> And and there and I'm gonna just pause it because that's true. Like it, it, anybody who's ever watched the Sixers, he is. When it comes down to the pressure and being responsible and being the the guy, he is afraid. He's afraid yeah, he to is. be that person. You know, he doesn't want to be the guy that screws up. He faltered big time in the playoffs. Like you're you're you had an opportunity to make a layup in two points for your your team into the game. And what do you do? You pass it off to a guy who's not even one, not even ready for the pass. Two, put up a, a ridiculous shot that wasn't going to go in and just put yourself in a bad situation. Yes. Like if uh, you have something going on, then you need to work on that in the offseason because that's for the amount of money you're being play, paid for a sport that everyone your organization, your coaching staff, your fans, are ex- your, your teammates are expecting you to play at this level, and then you come to work and you play at this level. That's that's just that's just uncalled for. Yeah, there's All no right, ex- there's really no excuse for that in, in my opinion. No, and Philadelphia, really the Sixers isn't. organization has allowed this to happen. Like from the owners on down, they've allowed this to happen. So there there's nobody to fault but themselves for allowing Ben Simmons to to continue to be the player that he is. Today's players, you know, you no you way. players and, oh. and these fans, you don't hold these guys accountable. Wait, so let me get this straight. We That's liked you word. enough to give you two hundred million dollars. The only thing we ask you is to be a good basketball player, and you're a good basketball player. But we want you to be a. We're not even asking. We just say shoot the ball. Uh, <laughs> shoot the ball. And he's mad and wants to leave town. Come on, Mike. This is total BS. And if I'm the Sixers. We had our annual Sixers dinner the other night, and I said this for th- to those guys, and we talk about guys who coached and played in the NBA. We do it once a year. All, all the, anybody who played for the Sixers, we get together once a year for dinner. It's one of the greatest nights of my. So it's it's you know he and he continues to go on, uh, you know just about Ben Simmons like upping his game, like shoot the ball, be able to shoot the ball. That's all the organization's asking you to do since since you've come here is learn how to shoot the ball. And, yeah. and it's crazy that he's st- – like you see him at pickup games. He always posts about being in these pickup games, and you see him shoot from the perimeter or see him shooting a three, and it's like there is – I mean, I understand the stage is greater. I understand there's a lot more pressure than playing in a pickup game. Still, though. But you are a professional player, like a professional sports – a professional athlete. 
you have got to be able to step up to the plate. So I know we like to trash LeBron a lot, but when it comes down to it, LeBron James, you know, he gets talked about as being the GOAT and everything, and we debate on that all the time. We can debate every day about it. But when it comes down to it, I would take, and, and I'm not even a LeBron fan, but I would take LeBron over a Ben Simmons any day because at least I know what LeBron, I know what I'm going to get. I know I'm going to yeah. get all four quarters. I'm going to get his heart. Now, he may decide at times to pass up the ball in the final shot of the game. That could be a game winner, but at least I know he's going to be taking shots in the fourth quarter. For the most part. <laughs> you know, it's with Ben Simmons, you're like, okay, he might drop 20. But he's gonna fall apart. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna cease to exist in the second half, especially when it comes to the fourth quarter. You know, because hey, there's fouls and teams are gonna start fouling, and I don't want to go to the foul shot. Uh, one of the points that Barkley does make, and, and I, I I just don't know what minute mark it is on the clip, but he talks about Giannis, okay, the Greek freak. Mm-hmm. He 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 points out that his free throw percentage is not really any better than Ben Simmons, but. He still drives to the hole. He still takes shots because he doesn't care if he misses a, if he has a hundred attempts at the free throw line. He's gonna make some of them. He's gonna miss some of them. Yeah, it's all about winning. It's about being a you know being able to perform at that high level. You know that's why the Bucks won that series, won the title because of the way Giannis plays. He plays with heart. He plays with passion. He plays hard. He got his other players on the team to elevate their game. Yeah. Um, cause holiday had a great series too. Like defensively, he didn't score a lot of points in that series. Like he did some of the other ones, but he scored what he needed to. And he, he played very good defense. Yeah. No, that's, that's what they needed from him. Yeah. So, and, and Ben Simmons wants to have his trade pushed up. He, they want him to get rid of him, but the Sixers are doing the right thing. Like, Hey, we have control over your contract, your contract. You cannot break that contract. You can sit out if you want to. I don't know if they have to pay him if he sits out. I don't know how that contract's written up, but they have final say in where he goes, and they're going to trade him to where they want to be, where they want him to be traded, based on what they're going to get in return. They don't want to get, as Barkley put it in that in that clip, he said they don't want to get twenty five cents on the dollar. No, <laughs> like we're not trying trading for a low grade player. You're trouble, a superstar. Don't think he's. Trouble, trouble we want another superstar. Trouble, trouble isn't deals like that. You, you don't. It's not necessarily that um, you're only getting like you know twenty five cents on the dollar, but you're trading a dollar for four quarters. You know. Yeah. The, the dollar is more valuable in, yeah. in this they, analogy, but yeah. But I don't but think he's going to yeah, get traded until the deadline anyway. Yeah, they, they, they have no reason to just accept like the first or second or the even the third or fourth offer that comes along for him if, in their view the offer is shit. So, yeah. 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 Cause I saw one of the trade offers was for freaking, uh, um, I think it was somebody on the, on the bulls. I think it was. Yeah. That wasn't going to happen. Cause I don't think the guy from the bulls was, and I don't want to say he wasn't good, but he definitely was not like the same caliber of player as Ben Simmons. Is. I think it was that young or something like that. Yeah, we already had Thaddeus Young. Yeah, we, <laughs> we had him years ago. You know. But now he'll get traded at the trade I think. To who it will be interesting to see. 
we'll see what happens with that. We will see. But yeah, it's gonna be the Sixers' choice. You know, it's not. They're like, hey, we're uh, we have a deal in place to send you to. I don't know. Uh, the Sacramento Kings. That's where you're going, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you got, uh, if you don't have anything, Nakatra says it has a, like no trade clause to like certain teams or whatever. Gonna be a Sacramento King. Have fun with that. So, I mean, you never know. See what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. Um, but that's all I have as far as like any kind of basketball news because uh, there's pretty much nothing going on with basketball right now. Hopefully, you no. guys are training in the off season to improve their game. But uh, you know, the other the other thing that's been going on lately has been the Lakers and them trying to stockpile players. Uh, as we talked about in the last podcast, with their freaking ancient team, their team of elderly gentlemen. <laughs> well, their team, their team's going to get older because the Nets traded DeAndre Jordan for a couple players in a draft pick to Detroit, and Detroit's doing the buyout. And DeAndre already said that he has a a contract in place at the whatever the Lakers have left to go sign with the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. So uh, yeah, it, I'm I'm just just laughing. That's not going to help your defense whatsoever. Blah 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 yeah. blah. News there. Yeah, on that I aspect. think I think if the Suns can do play the way they played last year, the Suns are the team to beat again. Like they're yeah. just going to be the team to beat and more experienced. They're younger. They're you know they're they're fast. That's a fast team up and down the court. And I'm sorry yeah. as you got as you get older. I don't I don't care what anybody says. You lose steps. Like you just yep. can't keep up with the 22 and 23 year olds that are in their prime. Like it just it doesn't happen unless no. they're slow as hell to begin with. But that's usually not the case, especially in the NBA. They've got very few slow guys anymore. So, speaking of sports, um. That was a very exciting, maybe not so much for you guys over there, but it was a very exciting and and uh, fun game to watch. The uh, Penn State Nittany Lions against uh, good old Wisconsin shithole Badgers. I don't like Wisconsin. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> um, it was an interesting game. It was uh, it was very dismaying if you were a Penn State fan because. One of the issues that I've had throughout Franklin's tenure is that I feel like he's a little slow on adjusting. Mm -hmm. And that was so apparent during yesterday's game. Yeah. Because if you watch the first half and then you watch the second half, the difference in their offense, yeah, it was completely night and day. They couldn't do a goddamn thing on offense in the first half. Second half, first drive, they come out, they're thrown to the outside. All of a sudden, they remember they have Jahan Dotson from Nazareth High School. Uh, yep. And, um, you know, they, they put a touchdown on the board, you know, uh, uh, pretty quickly there and everything. So it was like, holy shit, look at that. Why couldn't you adjust like that during the first half? Yeah, like, why couldn't they do that in the second quarter? Like, the only right. touchdown well, I, in the first half was a t uh, a pick six by Penn State. Like yeah. neither yeah. offense was able to do anything. I'm just like, wow, this well, is well, the well, offense is this bad or the defense is just that good? Yeah, I I, I think it was more that uh, there were good defensive plays made. 
but I really do think that game was more about inept offenses. And, you know, the, the announcers were making a big deal out of Wisconsin's quarterback saying about how, like, this is going to be the guy that's going to finally take Wisconsin to the next step. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know about that. He didn't, I, didn't he, he didn't that. I, I didn't see anything yesterday that would make me think that that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying <clears throat> I'm not saying he he didn't show or he's capable, but he didn't show yesterday because he he missed he missed plays. They they played a very sloppy game. They had you know like you know you know bad exchanges that led to fumbles and shit. So, um, you know it it, it was one of those games, and it is. I mean, it's not surprising because it's first game of the season and uh and, and shit like that. But it was very annoying to watch because of you know bad fundamentals like kicking miscues, you know missing a field. Missing what was like a 24-yard field goal and then missing an extra point, you know, which is the only reason why the game was really kind of still in doubt. And at, by the same time, Penn State blocked the field goal. So um, the, the refs were bad. Uh, Wisconsin got away with at least 10 holding penalties that were – Oh, like oh, legit holding. There was – there was uh, You can always say like, oh, there's holding on every play in football. I'm like, yeah, these were like blatantly obvious, like how the hell did you not see that kind of hold? There was a lot of that in a lot of games I watched to let yesterday too. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. God, so, holy yeah. shit!" These guys need to get when the guy's jersey's the pulling away from his body. That's a hold. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's kind of a tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it it really makes me. Uh, I can't remember if they're doing this again over the next few seasons, but it does make me think that maybe they should rethink this whole, well, let's start the season with a conference game thing. Cause yeah, I don't know. those conference, those conference games are very, very important. Um, especially when they could come down to being, let's say like the difference between, you know, qualifying for your conference playoff game or not. Uh, so yeah, you know, you know you're going to have week one jitters or just week one sloppiness, so maybe it's it's not such a great idea to actually start the season with a conference game. But we'll see. I don't I don't, I don't know I don't know what the schedule what their schedules are the next few years. I haven't. Looked I mean, I think back. too. I think more or less with that is you know, you have two teams, same conference, both ranked in the top twenty five. You know, it's going to be a good game. Let's put it on national television week one. You know, it's a game that's gonna mean something. No, it was a fun game to watch. It definitely it it definitely was. How did Florida uh, State uh, uh fend on the they first are week? currently losing by they're currently losing by ten. They're on right now against Notre Dame. Ah. So this is their first game of the season? Yeah. Ah. <clears throat> it's been kind of a back and forth. Oh, Pat's holding his eyes. Did something happen that I'm behind on no i don't think so yeah it's 38 28 yeah, notre dame florida state just scored a cut at the 38 28 after there was a, some back and forth but it looks like florida state was making a bunch of turnovers and notre dame was capitalizing off them and everything but this game there's been a lot of sloppiness there's been a lot of like breakdowns yeah. and there's been a lot of you know florida state looked terrible on offense then they broke an 89 yard touchdown run and yeah. then it seemed like, and then it seemed like for about a quarter there, Notre Dame didn't do anything right. But then they started getting turnovers and big plays. And Cones actually played better than I thought he was going to, uh, hmm. which is a good sign because he was one of the biggest question marks for this team coming in. I mean, I don't think Notre Dame is a, a, a CFP contender this year, um, but I also think they have too much talent to be a pushover. So, 
Um, yeah. But yeah. You know, I was just shaking my head because I'm updating the uh, AEW results here. Mm. Well, we had a surprise, if you want to call it that. I think a lot of us thought this was going to happen, but Ruby Riot, now known as Ruby Soho, Shut was up. the surprise entrant in the Women's Casino Battle Royal, which she won, which yeah. automatically makes her the number one contender to the AEW Women's title. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, there could actually be a worthwhile women's program now in AEW because <laughs> Ruby Riot was pretty firmly in the middle of the pecking order when she was in WWE in yeah. terms of talent. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be dismissive, just she wasn't as good as the top four or five women there. But goddamn, she pretty much raises the quality of AEW's women's division by got to be at least 25% just by herself. So... Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, so, so they might actually uh, have something decent there. But now I was shaking my head because <sighs> Chris Jericho, he won, tapped out MJF. Yep. Interesting. So he was able to beat him. What <laughs> of the last five matches he had? <laughs> right. But but and again, I, I hate to always beat this drum. But I was listening to the Cornets weekly podcast this morning, and they were discussing, and they were discussing, you know, like what had happened on Dynamite on Wednesday night, and kind of previewing what they thought would or could happen tonight. And they were talking about this feud because they've both been very unhappy with the way this whole feud has gone because they basically feel like MJF has taken too many hits. Mm-hmm. And that he shouldn't be taking these hits at a 50-year-old out of shape Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, yeah, it was like MJF's beaten him three times and everything. But they, they also hate how the whole thing's been booked. Um, you know, how they basically started the feud at the end, they said, <laughs> with, with, with the fucking War Games match or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Um, which is true. And the fact that both of their groups have kind of like disappeared to the point where it's like, do they even still have groups? You know, and that's true, too. And that's one of my general complaints against AEW. It's always hard to see where things st- start and stop. Um, because For a good portion of things, yeah. Because of the way that it seems like, like the roster keeps fluctuating where, like, they add guys and this and that. Like, there seems to be, like, some feuds that just, like, kind of go in and out the other thing. But anyway. So Jericho finally beats him and everything. But then how is this going to be remembered? This is going to be remembered that Jericho won the feud. Jericho is the one who stuck MJF's head in the toilet, right? Didn't that so, happen every time? So, so let me ask. Yeah. So I, I don't I, think it's, I don't I don't really I don't really see how you raise MJF status throughout this whole debacle. And it's like Chris, you're 50 years old, you're fat. Come on. Just, he won. He, he won the battle, but he didn't win the war. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. To, me, to me, it feels like he maybe did win the war, though, because they can't have him keep going after this. So, no. yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what. So I'm gonna ask. To uh, I haven't seen any of this, so this is uh, all new to me. So the, the what was it like a best of five type deal? Or no, five? they weren't even. They weren't even really doing that. They were just they were just kind of going with the flow and just doing stuff. And then they they did something where Jericho, you know, had to go through like this gauntlet of different types of matches, like every all week against that, MJF, right? That well, MGF like against different people, 
Oh, okay. It was different people for him to like wrestle MJF, you know, you know, again or whatever the case may be. So Jericho kind of did that, and each week it was like a an old school version of Chris Jericho and some of the people who's wrestling, like he wrestled Juventus Guerrero for God's sakes. So, you know, it was just that kind of aspect of it. I just feel like the feud went on a little longer. Yeah, it definitely went on too long. Yeah, it went on longer than it should have. This should have been done several months ago, honestly. Mm-hmm. But they dragged it out for whatever reason. I'm not really, you know, it is what it is, but that's what they did. So interesting. Right now, it's uh, the next match is uh, Punk versus Darby. Okay. Punk is well, rock, and he's back. not. He's not wearing his short tights. He's got long tights on. Interesting. Pretty cool, actually, too. I've never, I've never seen that. Pretty cool, too. Cool, 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 cool look for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's like that's that's one aspect of AEW where they're still they're still finding their way um, in regards to it. I listened to Busted Open um, on Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. with Dave LaGreca and uh, Bully Ray and sometimes uh, Tommy Dreamer's on there and Mark mm-hmm. Henry would be on there from time to time. He's doing the AEW thing now and Bully Ray says it. it's it's overall a good product that they've put out in AEW since they started but they're just going through you know certain feel out processes and things certain things kind of in the aspect of uh, of seeing who can do what because you still have to remember that 70% of this talent has never wrestled on national television in this type of atmosphere before. Right. And I so get that point, but they've wrestled um, in a ring before they've wrestled in yeah. front of crowds. So they got to understand yeah, like how to, because the, the elements are the same except for the t- camera, like knowing where, you know, the cameras TV are to make sure that they're, you know, on, you know, in the right position in the ring for the camera to catch the best angle. Uh, and what well, I always hear is the hard responsibility. camera. Like that, yeah, you got to know where the hard camera is. You, you do, but so the hard camera's responsibility to make sure they do their job. Right. It just, it just, from what Bully Ray says is, TV wrestling is totally different than doing it in the live crowd with no cameras or just cameras filming it. And he said it's totally different from wrestling on. I don't know, like access TV compared to wrestling on TNT. There's a different, there's a, there's a different way that it gets done as far as being produced and all that stuff. And, you know, a lot of times he said that these young kids just, you know, they go out there and they do try to do too much. They don't like let, let it flow. Um, They got to get their shit in. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're, they're trying to do too much, get too much of their shit in when they really don't have to. And that's where Bully Ray said that, you know, uh, was Tommy Dreamer was on the one time and he was like, yeah, you know, some of the kids still want to do too much. He's like, you don't need to. He goes, you'll have your time to do certain things you need to do. I said, but it's not something you need to do every single match. That's you not, how you got, not how you need to go about yeah, it, especially you're, you're on, match on national be television. That, I think that's one of the big differences between televised, like it is like they're on now compared to like wrestling in the indie scene is they probably have a limit on how long they're allowed to go for a match. Oh, yeah. So and they don't have that limit on the indie scene per se. So it's not 
you know, you do have Especially to. Especially something that's not on TV. Yeah, you got to think about your time limit. You got to think about, okay, what's realistic in this match as we're trying to tell the story of why we're feuding, why we're fighting in the per- first place. Like, if you move too fast, you lose the crowd, the crowd on TV and the crowd in the arena. Yeah. If you're moving too fast and trying to do too much shit, it just looks sloppy and you lose the yeah. whole storytelling aspect. And that's, and that's that's where you see the botches happening with certain people and certain female wrestlers and some of the guys do, you know, making the botches and things of that nature. I mean, it is what it is. Overall, do I like AEW? I like watching absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of guys on AEW that wrestled on the indie scene that I've, you know, TNA or, you know, MLW, ROH, uh, New Japan, whatever it may be that I've watched for several years now. Um, and they're good talent. It's just, you know, they need to make a change for themselves to up their game per se, being in a bigger promotion and being on national television now. So I'm excited to see what some of them will do. Some have stepped it up, some not so much. Yeah, I think they also just need to understand, like, like, look, you don't need to do your full arsenal every time you go out and wrestle. Yeah. You know, it's got to make some sense. So... And and the, the, the problem is, though, is that you keep on hearing... You keep on hearing like, oh, well, you know, I, I can do whatever I want to do here. It's like, yeah, but is is, is that, really, is, that no. is is that good necessarily? Like, like is is, 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 that, is that is that is that is that really going to help? There's one thing about doing whatever the. Oh, I lost his audio. Did you lose his audio? I lost both your guys' audio. Oop, my stuff's all messed up. Um, he, Tommy Dreamer still said at the end of the day, you know, Tony Khan makes the makes the final call in regards to what does happen and what does not happen, which but is good. My, and and that's that's fine. There does need to be a, somebody who can just put his foot down at the end of the day and be like, all right, this is the way we're doing it. My problem is, is that I don't know that he's the right guy to do that. Because I think he's, I think, I think he's a little bit too much of a mark himself. Uh, Time will tell. So that I, I'm afraid that he's never going to be somebody who's really going to be able to be like uh, Kenny, Matt, Nick, whoever. You know, uh, no, we need to do it this way. Um, but hey, the Bucks—they just dropped the tag belts tonight, which I didn't think was going to happen. So maybe, uh, maybe they are coming to. Uh, somewhat of a realization so well, you know again like you said we'll see the the biggest the biggest thing i think for them is going to be because we've discussed about how they have a lot of momentum there's mm-hmm. a lot of bad buzz with wwe right now whether it's the nxt stuff and or you know uh really anything that's going on right now um yeah, very true i mean what, what i've heard they're going to start doing with nxt you're talking about like going in like new directions and stuff like that. It's like, well, it certainly sounds like NXT is headed in a new direction. And, you know, I, I don't really see how it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I'm concerned but, because like Samoa Joe's like the placeholder from going from the old the old version to the new version. And like, I'm, I'm worried about what's going to happen with him. He's, he's not long for it at this point. I, I don't really think anybody who's there right now is Mike. 
my concern is not so much what they apparently attend intend i can talk to do with with nxt right now if they start treating it like a true developmental territory again i, I think that's probably for the best thing than try to pretend it was some kind of co-equal brand because i think when you try to pretend them as some kind of co-equal brand you get people who start thinking that it means more than it did aj um <laughs> but it was good uh, wrestling though <laughs> I had to i'm not saying i'm not saying it wasn't good wrestling but i'm just saying like you know did, did what happened there matter did the fact that you know you did or didn't win this nxt title matt my opinion to that has been no because we had that whole knockdown knockdown matter more to the fans that were diehard nxt fans than it does oh, in the whole overall picture certainly it did um but when i hear who's going to be like running nxt now that's my concern because yeah i like bruce pritchard i like listening to his podcast but you know pritchard's a, a vince yes man he really is he will never push back against what vince wants because he feels like his job is to do what vince wants so he will do what vince wants without too much protest and he won't like try to fight a battle if he knows it's not going to be worth fighting the battle. So it's like, there mm-hmm. could be somebody who could be like, rewind the clock, say 20 years and say NXT was around then the way it is now. Mm-hmm. And they had this small Southern guy who could do these phenomenal moves, but you know, it was like, five nine and 200 pounds if he's lucky soaking wet you know named aj styles who were gonna who, you know who was gonna go to bat for him you know vince yeah. would take a look at him and go oh, god he's so small mm-hmm. and bruce yeah. just be, and, and pritchard would just be like yeah you're exactly right vince he is small but you know he can do it but he's small yeah but he can really do some incredible stuff he's small well, I guess, yeah, you're right, Vince. He is small, so I guess we won't bother with him. Yeah, I, I, I heard I heard those reports that they were kind of taking over NXT, but then it looks like Vince and Khan have, like, refuted that saying, no, that's not what's going to happen. But oh, then if that's not cool. Yeah, but you can't believe, you especially can't believe anything that Nick Khan says. So it's kind of like, okay, that, so that what's guy. the story? Who's, who's doing what? Who's running NXT now? <laughs> like, who truly is running NXT? Yeah, and... <laughs> well, that was the thing. This, is a, this was something they were talking Cornette's podcast again, again. That like Vince's inner circle right now seems to be him, Pritchard, jo- jo- Johnny Ace is back, and and Nick Khan, which sounds like you know the four corners of hell. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's the Yes Vince Club. Yes Vince. Yes Vince. Yes Vince. Yeah, like yes, this mass club. It's the <laughs> yeah. The yes and, and, club. And that's the kind of funny thing. I can't believe that Pritchard and Johnny Ace are having to work this closely together, considering some of the ways that Pritchard's talked down about Johnny Ace in the past. So he's like, he Johnny Ace is one of the many impressions that he would do in his podcast, where he'd be like, "Oh, hey Vince, oh, you're looking great today. Have your arms gotten bigger? Oh, they're so <laughs> fast. They're so vascular. Oh, yeah." <laughs> So anyway, so they were pointing as like it's like those four guys against well, supposedly they say, well, supposedly they're gonna leave Triple H and Michaels in charge. And so Cornette said, Ooh, that's an interesting match. He's like Vince Pritchard, Johnny Ace, and Nick Khan against 
Triple H and Sean and whoever they can get. He's like, who do you think is going to win that match, Brian? And then Brian goes, I think Sean will turn on Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. And I was driving when I was listening to that this morning when he said that, and I almost swerved off the damn road. I started laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's looking like it's going to be some kind of a clusterfuck. So, well, and um, see, here's the thing. Like, we know Vince ultimately, you know, as the head of any company, you have one person has to make the final decision. Okay, and that's for as long as Vince has been in charge, it's been Vince, and it makes sense. But you got to have people there that are around you that challenge your thought and see things differently to make you understand that maybe my thought is not really the best thought. Maybe there are other things that we can do. When you surround yourself with people that just say yes, 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 and never challenge you, there is going to be a huge problem with what you're product and that that's for any company yeah. any company you can't just have people that just say yes 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 that sounds great and then you're, you should just go out with what the, the craziest idea that you've had like it just doesn't work well you're you're you it, it just i can't say any better than it just doesn't work like it, it you just things just don't go good for those kind of companies like they end up those kind of companies that do that and regardless of any field or whatever product that they're, you know, they're putting out, those are the kind of companies that eventually, not sure how many years, because I don't know the statistics on that, but eventually they fall, they fall and they fold because there was never anybody there to contradict the, the head honchos ideas and thoughts and what they wanted to accomplish. And, yeah. And, uh -huh. and, think, and think about it once, upon, once upon a time, not all that long ago, though, in a lot of ways, yes, it was that long ago now. WWF was getting its ass kicked. Mm -hmm. And Vince supposedly admitted, hey, I might be behind the times here now. Maybe we got to start looking at like some different ways of, of, of how to do this and everything. And so say what you want about Vince Russo. But I think what his shit. yeah he is <laughs> True. But, but i but i think at least that his lasting contribution is going to be that he did show vince that there was a different thing out there yeah that people were embracing and he convinced vince to go with it and that's ultimately what helped you know turn the tide and everything now you can say of course a lot of that ended up ruining the business but um, you know, uh, WWF might have folded if uh, Vince hadn't chosen to Vince McMahon hadn't chosen to embrace some of those ideas. So. Right, and yeah. they needed to because WCW was already kind of going down that road to begin with. They were getting a little racier. They were getting a little raunchier. Um, you know, a little bit more brutal brutality in their product. If you didn't match that, you were going to lose any fans that you had that were looking for that. So you had to up your game. And yes, it did get maybe a little too racy, maybe a little too gratuitous, um, you know, inappropriate. But it worked in that time, that time frame of the 90s. It worked because you have to look at what else was on TV. You had Jerry Springer. 
which was freaking ridiculously over the top. You know, yes, you're was. talking about a talk show where people were fighting and getting their clothes ripped off by the other people on the talk show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote, talk show. Yeah. You know, you, you had things like that on TV. So it wasn't unfit for the times. It actually fit perfectly into that time frame in that decade of the 90s. So does it fit now? Of course not. You can't do the things that you used to do back in the 90s on TV. People would freaking would just have a conniption over that kind of stuff. You know, the fact that WWE can get away with some of the stuff that they get away with now uh, of essentially being, I hate to say it, but quote unquote racist in some of the gimmicks that they have right now, or as we like to call them, dr- drimmicks now. Um, yeah, that's our new word, drimmick. Because <laughs> they're dreadfully <Awesome>. awful. <laughs> it's a drimmick. You know, it's... But it's such good shit. You know, is 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 kind of crazy, but you know, they're somehow they're able to get away with it. Maybe they do get some, you know, pushback from, you know, people who are like, that is really a racist gimmick. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> how can you have yeah. this guy just because he's black dress up and say he's African now, you know? Um, yeah. And then gets the accent out of nowhere. Yeah. Like this is like a reverse Kofi Kingston where he was talking <laughs> like he's Jamaica that all of a sudden loses a Jamaican accent a month later. Like, come on, Though man. That probably was one of the funniest things when Triple H is like, aren't you Jamaican? <laughs> <laughs> Not that that couldn't. So the Darby Allen CM Punk match just ended. Oh, okay. CM Punk did win. Um, you would, you would kind of have to. Yeah, but it was a good match. It's good. Darby Allen does what Darby Allen does. And CM Punk wrestled really good. So if you want to chant, you still got it. CM Punk, that was definitely a valid chant if that was that happened during this match because he did good and now sting has just come down to the ring oh no you know, he shook he shook punk's hand and they're just trying to get darby allen to get up which he's doing by himself because he's just fucking insane in general but it was a good match i worried about that boy yeah he puts his body in the line way too much mm-hmm it's, he does a lot of crazy shit. You know, we threw that meme up last week with uh, uh, I think too often with Sting in it with yes. uh, AEW fans and how WWE how AEW fans look at WWE fans and bringing back old ge- geriatric wrestlers. It's just funny that they still have Sting there. Now I know he's not necessarily wrestling; he's just kind of there. But uh, it's it's kind of funny that he's still around, hanging around for for whatever purpose i guess well he he's he he didn't get the he didn't get the he didn't go out in wwe the way he wanted to all because of the injury and even when he was like semi-cleared to really he really wasn't cleared to wrestle but he was he was cleared to do like cinematic shit you know so he could have done a cinematic match like aj did with the undertaker you know Mm -hmm. he could have done that with the undertaker but at the end of the day it didn't happen so he's getting his chance with AEW. He's been cleared to wrestle, you know, but he's doing a lot with the boys in the back and the girls in the back and whatnot. So from, what, from what I read in, in the interviews and things of that nature, like he's helping out in the back, you know, he's just got this thing with Darby Allen, kind of like his mentor, however you want to like look at it. But, you know, and I think he's, I don't, I don't think he's taking a spot from anybody because he's with Darby Allen and Darby Allen is doing his thing. So he's just kind of, 
there for the ride per se. And I think that's good. I think I think it's important for any company. And they don't have to be a writer, they don't have to be a booker, they don't have to be anything, but just like a talent relation kind of person where they are there to help the younger talent understand better what it means to be on television, how to work the ring, how to tell the story, you know, what's going to work, you know, when they're going through like their yeah. match, like, hey, let's, you know, I think we should do this or this. Kind of be that voice of reason. Does that make sense here? Is it going to work? You know, does it does it tell? Does it help tell the story? Is it a necessary spot? Like, I think that's important for the the older generation, yeah, wrestlers to do. And I think that's a perfect place for him to be. You know, if they want to throw him on TV every once in a while, as like he just comes down in the ring and does you know whatever he does you know for the ring, fine, so be it. You know, there's nostalgia in that. As long as he's not going out there and trying to have like matches on a weekly basis all the time yeah and stuff because that there's no need for that it's it, he's he's had his time in the ring like his time has passed just like jericho at this point in time i'm sorry jericho's had his time in the ring you know i know he doesn't want to hang it up because he's one of those guys like i can still go i'm still good like i'm this i do ddp yoga you know i i'm good man <laughs> i mean if he's gonna do tag matches with his group fine but you know championships and things of that nature don't matches that mean something you know yeah that's that's let let that let that be on the rest of the guys now yeah he needs it it becomes down to a point where you got to realize that yes you might still be able to go but your relevancy in in the wrestling world is time time has come and gone and it's time to let these younger guys have the spotlight and I'm not saying that Chris Jericho is trying to steal the spotlight from these guys, but the fact that he's, well, I know you are, (laughs) but the fact that he's winning a match now, was that match for a title? Was that a title match? No, no, no. Okay. So at least it wasn't a title match. That's just a feud between those two and all that shit. That's really all that was. And Jericho's career was on the line. Oh, yeah. It would have been okay for his career to be on the line and actually be over. You know, and it's, and, and that comes from being a Chris Jericho fan. Like I, enjoyed chris jericho every year every time that he was in wwe and i went back and watched wcw stuff i enjoy chris jericho he is a his his ability to talk on the mic his ability in the ring i am a chris jericho fan but there becomes a time and point in every wrestler's career where they've got to maybe come back for the nostalgia match if they can still go and that's really it or make an appearance and do like like the rock does like give somebody a rock bottom talk some smack to them and that's it like that's all they do like they they get the crowd hype for that what whatever you know you know against the bad guy that's that's a good place for them like i don't expect the rock to come back and have a match i actually don't want to see that you know because the rock had his time i don't need to see him like it was cool to see him and him and uh cena go at it but I almost like as much as I enjoyed that, I didn't really need that match. I didn't need that feud to happen. No. So that was that was a money grab, to be honest. Yeah, That's it, it what was that really absolutely. Was. Like I said, it was nice unfortunately, to see, but I didn't need it. That unfortunately, that was a money grab that now, if you want to say you want to talk about taking away from others, that was a money grab that took away from several other wrestlers. Um, to be honest. Yeah, I, you know, I won't disagree that with time. that. Yeah. So that's something that probably shouldn't have happened, but it did, but it is what it is. And WWE is notorious for that. They're notorious for bringing back 
old wrestlers. The only reason Stone Cold has not done it is because Stone Cold has come to the realization at the, you know, because he's talked about it. He's talked about, you know, they've reached out to him numerous times to come back and do stuff. And he realizes that his wrestling career, when he walked away, when he finally walked away and rode off into the sunset, as he likes to say, he knew his career was over. <laughs> Even though it was something yeah. very hard to adjust to and, and, and come to terms with, he knew his wrestling career was over. He was not coming back to wrestle again. He, When he comes back, he knows he's coming back to a bit spot and not take a, to, not to do a program or anything like that because he's not he cannot do that anymore. You know, no. and it's not like he's in bad shape. If you see pictures from now, he's still in good shape. It's not like he's out of shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's still strong. He's got the neck issues. That's right. the main thing. So. Yeah. So, and, 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 there's, and, and speaking of guys that don't need to keep coming back, Goldberg's another one. Oh, you know, my whether God. Whether you lo- love Goldberg or hate him. Yeah. It's, it's just. Why do they keep bringing him back? Like, it makes no sense. You are at little, legitimately, at this point, taking a spot on the card from somebody who should really be wrestling. You know, you know, the, the, the thing about that is though, uh, and for, for, for one thing you're talking about, he shouldn't be wrestling anymore. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I watched a Matt masterpiece a few weeks ago there when he wrestled Bob Lashley at SummerSlam. So I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're there. A masterpiece you say? <laughs> No, a mat masterpiece. Oh, a mat masterpiece. <laughs> it was a masterpiece on the mat. <laughs> um, you know, your fundamental point is dead on. At the same time, mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear this. Whose spot is he taking? Yes, I and I get and I get your art and I get your right point. now nobody's because because they don't know who they don't and this is the biggest problem with WWE they don't know who to put where they've got so much talent that they don't know what to do with probably half of them if not more they don't know they, what to yeah, do with that talent they they won't they won't push consistently at least guys like Cesaro or Nakamura or Bobby Roode or Ziggler. Or um, and they're good, and all in a lot of aspects. Johnny Morrison, drip drip oh, Johnny. Yeah, I, I guess Listen you can put Morrison in there. They've 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 messed up <sighs> McIntyre. They fired Strowman and Wyatt. Um, <laughs> they, they've got Orton in a tag team right now. Uh, so see, they, they've they've got Styles in a tag team right now. So oh yeah, speaking of Mister Bro, man. He sits there and calls out. He he's he's getting himself into shit again because he just said he could beat Roman Reigns in a real fight. Like he's like oh, running boy. his mouth and shit. Yeah, like dude, shut up. Just so, 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 somebody needs to pull him aside and say, "Hey, do you remember Enzo Amore?" <laughs> really? And he probably would be like, "Yeah, who is that man?" And they would just be like, "Exactly." So speaking of Roman Reigns, you mentioned Roman Reigns. I was watching a movie yesterday on Netflix called The Wrong Missy. And Roman Reigns makes a guest appearance in that in the very beginning. Does he really? Yes, he does. It's really, really funny, too. Like, he played the perfect role. He played the, uh, I don't want to see Neanderthal-ish, but he was the big brooding boyfriend or husband, in this case, of uh, 
David Spade's, uh, who he thought was his date. <laughs> so it, 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 it fit his, it fit his physical and personal persona like that he portrays on WWE. So it worked out really gotcha. well for him. So, uh, Pat, we got a game here, bro. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Another name's, uh, pissed away chances to, uh, ice this. It's 38, oh. it's 38, 35 Notre Dame. A minute 40 left, and Florida State has switched quarterbacks. Oh. And they are at the 25-yard line of Notre Dame. They're oh. switch hitting. You're, uh, you're somewhat ahead of me. Though. I'm watching it on the Watch ESPN app here. So, oh. They only just ran the first down play, which got them to the 25-yard line. So, yeah. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, it's a game. Here. We'll see how this goes. At least it's not a blow-off. <laughs> Ooh. That was a blowout. <laughs> I just hope I don't keep sneezing because usually when I sneeze one time, it's like 20 more times. Mm. So I was just unexpected. So I might have to keep my hand on the little meat button over here just in case, and you'll be seeing me going all both sides, sneezing all over the place. I have a coworker who, when she sneezes, she sneezes three times in a row. So when I hear sneeze the first time, I wait for the second two before I go, that's you. <laughs> I just tell people at work, I said, wait till you hear me stop and I don't sneeze for about a good minute, then you know I'm good. Because <laughs> you'll hear like anywhere from 10 to 20 sneezes. I don't know what it is. It's always been like that for me. My wife is, when my wife sneezes, it's really funny because it's like, it's it literally sounds like a person saying a chew, like really loud. It's like, a chew. I'm like, geez. Are you okay over there? <laughs> uh oh. So they yeah, stopped them. A... Now Florida State's going for a field goal. Yeah. I love my love my wife, but she is a loud sneezer. <laughs> I, I, I have always said that my mother gives a new definition to the term violent sneeze. Like violent does not begin to describe it. Um, there was one time where many years ago where she had a cold. Oh, that we was... faked us out on that one. <laughs> Yeah, she, she had she had a that was like it's like that was really terrible. So she was like sneezing a lot and everything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everyone. Um, she was watching. I think it was Apollo thirteen. I made the field goal. Uh, and she was watching it with like the stereo speakers on, and it got to a. It must have been the part where like the spaceship exploded, you know, and everything. Uh, so it was like really loud with the stereo on and my older sister, smart ass that she is, <laughs> is in like the other room and she shouts from the other room, Hey mom, we know you're sick, but God damn. <laughs> oh man. So uh, I have, I have to, I have to, I'm going to tell this slightly embarrassing story about my, <sighs> my wife here. Uh-oh. Um, so where she she loves a corn on the cob and so she's eating corn on the cob at at dinner time and all of a sudden she had to sneeze oh Oh, no yeah we know what came after that yep corn all over her arm (laughs) and some on the floor and Yes, yes. <laughs> I felt so bad for her. I was like, oh man, that that really sucks. <laughs> that does suck. Actually, I've done that before. That does suck. That does. 
Um, and people always wonder yeah. when I sneeze if I'm coughing or sneezing because I sneeze with my mouth like wide open. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of sounds like a sneeze cough at the same time. It's kind of weird. But. Uh, so I know Pat saw this, but I went to see the new Marvel movie today Ooh. with the kid. So me and the son went to see it today. And there's two post post credit scenes. Oh, nice. Which well, okay. Know? One's a mid credit scene, and then the other one's the post credit scene. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Must motherfucking Mr. Tactical over here with uh after oh, let me let me just say they were after the credit scenes after the fucking movie was over. How about this? They were the post movie scene. If I could slap him, I would. Alex, I'll, 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 I'll let that go for right now. I'll let that go. Overall, though, she it was a good movie. It was a good movie. She got a lot of pretty, pretty boys. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It, it was a good movie. It was fun to watch. And yes, uh, the, scenes at, this, the scenes at the end of the movie are very informative. Okay. Um, they they are and they aren't. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. With, without without really trying to spoil anything here, um, there's uh... it's informative in certain aspects where you kind of see what's where they're going, but you don't know the true nature of it. Right, for it's, both it's of basically... them, pretty much. But, but the, the best way I can say it again without really spoiling it is to say um, almost kind of think back to the post credit scene from the first Iron Man where you know it immediately just opens up this whole other universe and this like whole other like realm of possibilities of what could happen next but you don't know yeah. exactly what you you have a general idea, but again, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Next. That's what I felt with the the main post credit scene from yeah. from Shang Chi. Um, again, I don't want to spoil it, but you know, there's a discussion between characters who were seen in the movie uh, plus, and they're just talking about something, and it's like. Well, it could lead to this, or it could lead to this, or it could lead to this. Or there's a yeah. couple of different ways where they could be going. <laughs> now, of course, you're starting to wonder, well, how is this going to tie into the ones that are coming next? Like, is uh, could could, uh, could this tie into Eternals in some way? It's like, well, I guess maybe it could be, though. I just exactly what's going to be happening in Eternals. You know, just want to have a rough idea. Um, is it going to tie into something from, you know, with uh, with Doctor Strange, and and it could, and uh, I don't know if there would be really any tie-in from to, to from this to Spider-Man because I feel like Spider-Man's still kind of, you know, going to finish its its own plot line in a way, while at the same time, really opening uh, opening opening up the multiverse, uh, yeah. you know, concept and everything. So. Um, Oh, you stupid bastard. I missed it. Guy from Notre Dame just dropped a pass, which would have at least gotten them into what could be called field goal range. It still would have been a long field goal. So, 
Uh, but anyway, um, it, 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 yeah, it's it's opening. It really opened up uh, a new phase for the MCU because I think the big thing was like you know, Black Widow didn't really advance the the storyline of the MCU really because no, it was because it wasn't it was, meant to be. It was looking back, you know, and everything. Yeah. Um, this one, this one is definitely you know kind of advanced. Like, okay, so here's what's next for the MCU. And like, because there's a bunch of different possibilities for what that could be, that's really what makes it intriguing. And that really, that's kind of what was going to hook you for, you know, going forward, especially because so, we're, entering, we're entering an era where, you know, you're not going to see Iron Man. I I know they are doing another Captain America and Chris Evans will be back, but we, I don't really feel that's going to be more than a one-off. And you feel like Thor's story is going to be ending some point soon too. So this is really just going to be kind of like turning it over to like the next basically oh yeah because aren't they i want to feel like they are going to be doing like the new avengers but i don't know if that's in the mix they probably will because i I don't i don't i don't go onto the website to look at all like the plan like phase four phase five six seven eight nine ten stuff i think they're going to do some variation of that yes (laughs) right because because at some point in time in the mcu there becomes the new avengers where they hand it over from iron man and those guys to the next group of superheroes yeah well i mean i think for them though i think it's like where do you when you do that at what point do you fit in uh the x-men yeah because you recast becomes an avenger like you recast warrior do you do you finally put in in as an avenger and the other thing too is deadpool's part of the mcu now and you know deadpool 3 is 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 officially on its way to being made so and they're keeping it r-rated you know they're not they're not gonna like change anything just because it's under disney now disney's like let deadpool be deadpool so that's yeah, going to keep going put a pg-13 it wouldn't make sense for that character because no. it's never been that kind of character you can't dumb down no. that character <clears throat> so it's kind of like what do they do with with deadpool 3 considering the fact that hey now he is in the mcu and he's been part of x-men at, uh and variations and yeah, he's had x-men, X-Men. In, in in his show in his last two movies so well, which is funny because would, he doesn't call them the x-men he's like so what what kind of group are you you like the i forget what he says but it's really funny like he's trying he funny. like alludes to x-men <laughs> it's like do you do you do you officially introduce the x-men in deadpool like since it's already kind of been there or do you do a different variation of it somewhere else i mean i don't know there's always things too where these past couple movies are like oh my god like this is a hint or the disney plus shows this is a hint of the X-Men because the X-Men went here and did X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it's just an interesting fact of where they're going to do that because right now they're talking about the Fantastic Four and they're probably not going to be introduced until Phase 5 uh, starts. So that's... Yeah, I hope three, they do. I hope Disney's able to do Fantastic Four some justice because <laughs> the three movies we've seen for the Fantastic Four have not been very good. They've been okay, in my opinion. You, you, you have a lot of potential with Silver Surfer, in my opinion, uh, to be used properly in the MCU. <laughs> and I've always been a S- Silver Surfer fan, so yeah. Because in the one that eh, it's been a long time since I've seen the Silver Surfer, Rise of the Silver Surfer, ex- uh, Fantastic Four mm-hmm. movie. Wasn't he like controlled by Galactus or something like that? Like in that film, I can't remember. 
No, he, he was um, <clears throat> he was controlled by this big cloud. He's making uh-huh. fun of it, Jamie. <laughs> I'm making fun of the way that they depicted Galactus. Very right? Galactus. In, yeah. in, in, in that movie. And again, I'm not a I'm not a Marvel nerd. Um mm. I mean shit, I'm not even really that much of a DC nerd. I don't like actually like really read the comics. I mean, I kind of right. follow them, but I don't really I, I'm not like our Joe's my good friend Chris Deppy, where I'm out buying like you know six issues a week. Um <laughs> If he, if he still does that, I don't know. Um, you know, to keep up yes, with Yes, he does. <laughs> I, I do from time to time as well. Again, I, I like the, I, I've always been more of a DC person than a Marvel person, but that's also come from really the initial, like, Superman and Batman movies from, the, you know, the 80s and 90s, but also from the animated series, yeah. which I thought were always better than Marvel's animated series. Um, yes. And, like, the animated movies that they've been doing for the last you know 10 years or so now and everything so i don't get that uh, attached to certain storylines this that and the other thing but i still know who like the fundamental like most important characters are so i know who galactus is and i know what galactus always looked like and then the fact that they decide that they just make him like be this like big cloud thing yeah if i try to remember it was, it was like it was it was terrible I'm trying to I'm trying to picture Galactus. And I'm pretty sure I have the right character in mind as I picture. Galactus had like this purple and blue helmet, like that had like these things that came up and like yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking of the right uh, villain. Okay, so yeah, it's I and I feel like that was going to I feel like that is the character that we're gonna try and introduce and like as the main villain coming up in the mcu but i don't know like there was hints of that might be the next uh mega villain so to say in the mcu but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting because you know you have the the loki show that brings kang and the variations of yeah, Kang, Kang. Car- Conqueror. So, how is that going to? Yeah, you know, how is that going to play into the actual movies? Everything Which I thought was a read. very interesting way to introduce Kang the Destroyer or Kang the Conqueror. Been, yeah, yeah, they, you know, it's been both things at, at times. Everything I've been reading has implied that he's the the next. I don't want to say Thanos because that's a little unfair in a couple of ways, but he's the next big bad. Yeah, yeah. which I I would be fine with to be honest. Well, yeah, because it's it's, I mean, Kang is like almost like the ultimate villain for the MCU because he's travels I mean, time, he's able to freeze time, he's you know, he's all knowing, you know, as we learn from Loki. I mean, I knew that before, but you know, you kind of get to see that it in a show. You get to see that for those who never you know read comics or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what they do. They're, they're seem like they're. This phase two, they're going in a different direction about like the different direction by, you know, having um, Dreyfus play her character and like recruiting like a vigilante, you know, the vigilante teams that you kind of like see um, in the comics. So, you know, you're seeing like a another side of the vigilante part of Marvel's universe that they're going to, I believe they're going to start doing. Plus, you know, all the magic and shit. So that's, you know, good. Uh, we're getting more depth in phase four, I believe, yeah. so, than we have in the previous three. So I got to ask you, because I don't know who that character turns into. So from the from Falcon and Winter Soldier, the guy that ends up being Captain America to 
carry on the stars and stripes. He turns into who? Captain something, right? Or Justice uh, Man? Yeah. Um, Justice uh, Man. I don't think I that was his name. <laughs> no. Um, uh, fuck. I'm having a brain fart of what his name is. But yes. He turns into that. And he's, comes, he's more of like a vigilante. He's like an anti-hero. Like right. Marvel's anti-hero word they like to use is pretty much kind of what he is. I I, I want to say when I first saw him and they introduced him as the new Captain America, one, I was like, well, this is ridiculous because like there is no other Captain America except for like, you know, the Falcon and, you know, the female Captain America who's like, what, 20, 2099 Captain America and like, like different oh things God. that came into the MCU. But I, I don't know. I just... I had a hard time seeing that particular character, the guy that they cast in that, you know, uh, eight episodes as like a believable character. I don't know. I, I just, something Your led me question. wrong about that particular character, like the person that was acting that character. You dare question, uh, oh, actually, let me rephrase this now. Uh, this is what I wanted to say before you went off on that one. So wait a minute, you're saying that you couldn't believe that Ego's son was Captain America? Ego, who? Ego, the living planet. Oh. <laughs> the, the, guy, the guy who played the, the character you're talking about from Falcon and Winter Soldier, he's Kurt Russell's son. Oh. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Did not know that. And, and Kurt Russell had played Ego, the living right. planet, and Guardians too. So yeah, that's, that's where I was going with that. Gotcha. Yeah, see, I didn't know it was Kirk Russell's son, so I couldn't put those pieces yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't really know either until like I read something because there was like I didn't was I didn't really know that he was like in acting and stuff like that. So yeah, it was just something about the believability of him. It, I don't know. It was just I'm just like eh, I don't I just don't like this guy. Like there's something that doesn't fit the bill for me. Well, I mean, ultimately, I don't think you were supposed to like him, of course, because you're like. How dare you say you're Captain America? You were not given the shield. You know. <laughs> very true. Very true. I have um I have a very random <clears throat> random question for you guys. Ooh. Is this a stumper or is this just a <clears throat> question? It's a just a random question. Oh, okay. <laughs> random, random question. Um just watching talent shows you know, a lot during the pandemic and um, stuff like that. I'm not a big reality show as far as, you know, watching Real Housewives of New York or Atlanta or Hey, don't just on the County Jersey or, Girls, all right? Don't just on the or, <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> they are. Just fucking money grab. But um, I like, I, I watch the singing shows. Um, I'm, I'm really into music. So I watch the singing shows because I, I, I find them interesting. Okay. The people out there that can really sing talent-wise. So the question kind of stems to if there was one specific talent that you wish you had, what would it be? Ooh, that's good. And I think we'll end the I think we'll end our episode on this nice question. I like this. So we'll end it on our hidden talent that we wish we had. I think Andrew would pick a professional wrestler. So I'll just say he would be a professional wrestler for sure. <laughs> um, I think my, if I had a talent, it would be able to play an instrument like guitar or drums, like something like that. Like 
I've always, always wanted to. Not that I couldn't just pick it up and start learning, but that would yeah. be like the talent that I wish I had, like to be able to but play a, a musical tr- instrument as the like drums a true, or guitar. Yeah, like a true God-given talent. Like, yeah. You know, Jeremy wants to be the next Slash. I dig it. Yeah, for sure. I've, dude, I would have rocked out in a hard, a heavy metal band. I would, uh, or Jimi Hendrix. That's what we're doing here. All right. <laughs> so Jeremy wants to... Wants that instrument in his hands. Because I pretend when I'm in the car and I'm listening to music, I pretend that I can play instruments. I'm that kind of car. I'm that person. I'm like drumming. (laughs) Completely offbeat. Have no idea what drum they're actually hitting. I get it. (laughs) What would you do? What would you do? Um... Yeah, if I could, like, you know, have, like, the talents of, like, yeah, say, like, the Beatles, you know, like, so to be able to actually, like, sing, play an instrument, write songs, that'd be cool. I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be music-related. It could be I know, no, I'm just saying. I, I, I was just throwing an example. Um, I also, you know, something that I always thought maybe I could do, because I think I do have a little bit of talent, would be, like, um be, being a voice actor you know i'm down with that for you yeah I can, I can i can do some voices but i you know wish i could do like any voice i wanted to kind of thing but i also don't know how that's like like i don't know how you break into that industry like and it's like how do you get noticed for being a voice talent you know <laughs> so you got YouTube, Mark baby Campbell. youtube yeah Write an email to Mark Hamill. He'll tell you all about it. Yes. Yeah, you probably would. I, I still I still remember the first time I realized that Mark Hamill was doing the voice of the Joker on Batman the Animated Series. And I was just flabbergasted beyond belief as far <laughs> as they, as far as state misses the field goal on overtime. Woohoo! <laughs> Now you said yeah, you wanted to field goal. You said you wanted to end. I wanted to discuss one thing very quickly. Okay. Uh, because I, mean, I asked you guys earlier. I didn't tell my talent. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> just skip me. Just skip me. <clears throat> just just skip me. This, this is what I felt like. That's what I felt like right there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come um, back, boys. Mine would be mine would be the same, to be honest. I want the male version of Whitney Houston's voice. God damn it, that's what I want. <laughs> but no, sing, singing, sing, singing would be my thing. So I love you all. Want to be the God-given Gaye? talent to sing. Be who? So you want to be Marvin Gaye? I'm just trying to think of the male equivalent of Whitney Houston's voice. I, I... Um, um, down with that. John Legend, whatever, those guys like that. Yeah, maybe John Legend would be a better analogy for Whitney Houston. Maybe Usher. Yeah. Um, mm. eh, kind of sort of. But yeah, I I, I just uh, besides sports and things like that, I'm like I'm really big into music. I love the singing reality shows. You know, I listen to the, I, I watch The Voice and and stuff like that. So you know. yeah, see, I, see, an, an athlete is something I definitely wouldn't want because of the inherent pressures of being an athlete. Uh, 
the fact that you have to be so vigilant about keeping your body in shape. Um, well, I mean, no, I could do like, that if I had to, but I mean, yeah, no, but it's, but it's not like I'm not getting paid to do like, it. Oh, you know, you, you, it's like, it's not just about keeping yourself in shape. It's about it's like keeping yourself in like absolute tip top shape, you know? Yeah. So, um, and just, uh, I don't think I could handle some of the other things that go along with being an athlete, like the travel and, and shit like that. So, um, I get you. I, I wouldn't want anything like that. But um, okay, so there's two things. Real quick. First of all, the MCU. All right, so the rest of Phase Four, you got the Eternals in November, Spider Man. Interesting. Spider Man in December, or let me uh, rephrase that: Spider Man No Way Home in December. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in March. Um, so that'll be interesting. Excuse me. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder in May. Uh, da, 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 da. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever in July. Yeah. Excuse me. We'll of course, see what they do with. Uh, um. Yeah. Maybe a chat with Boseman's death in that one. Uh, the Marvels next november so it's it's basically captain marvel 2 but they're bringing in miss marvel and uh um one of the others yeah and then ant-man and the wasp quantumania in february of 2023 and guardians of the galaxy volume 3 in may of 2023 and then after that, nothing is firmly on the books, but under this thing that they have that's called unscheduled project projects, it's Fantastic Four and X-Men and Blade and Captain America 4 and Deadpool 3. They're going to redo Blade. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, Mahershala Ali, who mm-hmm. pretty much strikes me as being an ideal person to play that role. He's a little older than I think Wesley Snipes was when Wesley Snipes first played it, but I think he definitely has the uh, um, the physicality. And Notre Dame yeah. wins on one the field goal. They escaped. <laughs> right, so, so, what's your second thing? All right. So, I mentioned you. Yeah, I was texting you guys about this earlier in the week. If you subscribe to the Athletic, you know the Athletics. Yes. Uh, you know, online sports uh, website, which is very good. It's it's it's, uh, it's well worth it the it's well worth it's what it I I think it's well worth the yearly subscription price. But anyway, so last year they did an, an MLB 100 where they did a countdown of the best 100 players in baseball of all time. Well, they've been doing one for the NFL, and they're up to number four now. So I'm not going to go through the whole list because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> So I'm just going to give you where they are, where they were from 20 through number four, which is where they ended today. And I pretty much know who the top three are going to be, though. I don't know in which order. So number 20 was Bruce Smith. Number 19 was Ronnie Lott. Number 18 was Dan Marino. Number okay. 17 Number seventeen was Ray Lewis. Number 16 was Deacon Jones. Number 15 was John Elway. Number 14 was Joe Green. Number 13 was Don Hudson. 
Number 12 was Anthony Munoz. Number 11 was Otto Graham. Number 10, <laughs> number 10 was Dick Buckus. Number nine, Johnny Unitas. Number eight, Walter Payton. Number seven, Peyton Manning. Number six, Joe Montana. Number five, Reggie White. Okay. And number four, Lawrence Taylor. And these are, you said these are the 100 greatest players in the NFL, right? Yes. Yes. For the athletic. I'm, I'm good with where they put Reggie White. I was waiting for you to say his name in the top 20. I was like, oh, but they better have him in the top 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, Reggie White, number five, Lawrence Taylor, number four. I'm surprised with Peyton Manning being so high, to be honest. And I love Peyton Manning, but I, he's number seven, you said? Yep. Hmm. Numbers one, two, and three in whatever order are going to be Tom Brady, Jim Brown, and Jerry Rice. Yeah. That's pretty much a given because they haven't been on the list yet, and there's no way they're not. So, yeah. So, like I said, so that was number 22, number four. So, I will just put it out to you. Is there anybody that you might be wondering where they ranked on the list? If they ranked on the list. Uh, Joe, mm. uh, Joe Namath. I don't think Namath was on the list, but I could be wrong. Uh, no, he was not. Wow. Joe Namath, Joe Namath, you gotta you gotta realize was a bigger He was, he was an attraction. Bigger, he was a bigger yes. star. He was a bigger star than he was a good football player. Yeah. Like if you ever go look up his numbers, his numbers were really pretty terrible. It's it's really a wonderment as to why he's in the Hall of Fame. And yeah, it's Super basically just it's really just because of Super Bowl three. Yeah. Um, but when you also come to look at the word famous, Joe Namath defines that. He he does. I won't ever deny that. For coats yeah, and all that shit. Yeah, but I mean I think Joe Namath finished with not only do I think he threw more interceptions and touchdowns in his career, but I also believe he had a below 50% completion percentage for his career. Now, granted, the game was not as aerial when he played as it is now, but yeah. still but compared to know. other quarterbacks in his era, that's pretty not so good. Right. Right. I mean, he was not as good as a ton of guys who played in the late sixties and into the, you know, mid to late seventies, you know, like, uh, I mean, he obviously wasn't as good as somebody like Fran Tarkenton, who of course never won a Super Bowl, lost three, you know, you could probably say, you know, I, mean, I don't think you would say he was as good as guys like Bart Starr, he might not even have been as good as guys like Daryl LaMonica and Ken Stabler and Ken Anderson and uh, mm -hmm. uh, Sonny Jurgensen. So, you know, that's yeah. um, there, there were some guys I was surprised ranked as high as they did. There were some guys that were surprised ranked as low as they did. Like, for example, uh, Emmett Smith was number uh, 29. I just figured he would have been higher being the all time leading rusher and how much he drove my team crazy. So, I but at the same time, as again, when you go across positions and everything, it's it, it is it is hard to really rank guys like this. So, yeah, but and he stayed in the league a lot longer than what he needed to just to pad his stats too. To an extent, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think it was with, with him. I think it was more along the lines of um, feeling like he's like he still had to prove that he had something left when he unfortunately for him. Didn't because like those two years that he played in Arizona were totally unnecessary. He had already broken the record, um, you know, and um, I, I think it was more because it was like, that was basically the thing. It was like Bill Parcells got hired 
uh, to coach the Cowboys. And pretty much the first thing they did was cut Emmett Smith. Um, and, you know, that was because he, he was past his prime at that point. It was time for them to move on. But I think he took that personally as, and he took it as like a challenge where he said, you know, I still have to prove that I have something left. And he, again, like I said, he really didn't, but the other problem was he picked probably at the time the worst possible team he could have to try oh, to go yeah. to to prove that he still had something left because Arizona sucked. Then. So yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely did. You know, it was, uh, if, if you wanted to prove that he still had something left, you needed to pick a better team than Arizona, but there's a very good chance that nobody else had any interest in him at that point too. Yeah. So. Um, but I mean, it's, it's an interesting list overall. If you can even just like Google it, if you find somebody who, uh, who listed out, um, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting list. So, um, yeah, just, I always like things like this because of course it always starts the, you know, the great debates and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, it yeah. does. Like, like I even commented, uh, about LT today. I said, you know, oh man, I was really kind of hoping he would have been higher than number four. And somebody came back to me and said, well, who that he's behind, would you put him ahead of? And I just said, well, yeah, that's just it. I said, I mean, <laughs> how can I justify ranking him ahead of Jerry Rice or Jim Brown or Tom Brady? I said, maybe Jerry Rice. I said, I really don't know if I could justify ranking him ahead of the other two. And it's like, look, I said, it's bias that's me saying that too, because I came of age as a football fan during his prime with the Giants and everything. And I was a Giants, you know, and I'm a Giants fan. And I said, and really, he is the highest ranked defensive player on the list. So how much can you really complain about? Oh, he's only number four. You know, so. Yeah, it's, it's, well, and it's funny. Like, I, somebody put up this, uh, uh, and I'm just going to say this real quick because you mentioned Jerry Rice. Uh, somebody put up this uh, thing, um, I guess it's just a, uh, it's a picture. Uh, and it says best athletes who to never win MVP. Now, I don't know if this was a season MVP, you know, or, or not. Oh, like, oh, probably season MVP because they're not all in the same sport. Uh, but Jerry Rice never won an MVP. Yeah. And that's kind of because... interesting for as good as he was. But I have a, I feel like in that era, a lot of the MVPs went to the quarterbacks or the running backs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and usually almost always the quarterbacks too. Uh, when, when, when Lawrence Taylor won uh, the NFL MVP in 1986, he was only the second defensive player to have ever done so. The other one was, was Alan Page of the Vikings back in 1971. Um, and no other defensive player has won since LT. Oh, so shit. We're, we're talking, we're, Breaking we're talking. news, Adam Cold has showed up to the pay-per-view. Adam Cole. Yeah. Oh, boy. Nice. Well, all I, can just... say, all, all, all I can say is this then. Damn. And he's got his, he's using his name and he's using the baby. I, I, hope, I hope, I hope, he's allowed uh, to. I hope, I hope, I hope AJ didn't, uh, didn't make it that obvious. Then. I brought, uh, I hope he brought extra underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what I'm saying when I, that's what, I'm saying when I, that's what I'm saying when I say I, I hope he didn't make it that obvious. 
Sorry, um, AJ, we're going to make fun of you. That's why you need to be walking it out with, you know, a wet spot in front of your shorts or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, so since, um, so since Lawrence Taylor won the NFL MVP in 1986, so we're talking 35 years here, everybody to have won the award since then has been either a quarterback or a running back. And it's only been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of those times has it been a running back. You know, wow. It, I'm sorry. It, I love quarterbacks it, and I think they're important, but shit, if there's not other people on those teams that allow those teams to win, then they're, then the, the people that vote on this, on the MVP are freaking re, just dumb well, rocks. I, I get what you're saying, but it's, it's a quarterback league. It really always has been no matter what they, I mean, at least in the more modern times. Um, and it's it's definitely, of course, become that way since the game has become so much more aerial, in the, even in the last 10, 15 years or so. There really, when you come right down to it, there is no more important position in all of sports than quarterback. The only other one that might compare in the way the game's transitioned, I don't even think it does anymore, is starting pitcher. You know, because like, there's no other like position on the field that can control the game in such a way. So that's why the quarterbacks generally always win. And you also look at the teams who've won the Super Bowls. I mean, there are teams that have, with very few exceptions, like the Ravens. And that's because they had such a phenomenal defense that year. Um, you know, it's it's teams that have superb quarterbacks. You know, it's it is your Tom Brady's and your Peyton Manning's oh. and, and, and your and your Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre's and John Elway's and Kurt Warner's who are, who are winning the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, the, the Joe Flacco's and Brad Johnson's who won the Super Bowls are much more the exception than the rule. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, it is about having like, you know, the great quarterback that, you know, kind of runs the gears, I guess you could say. Are you fucking serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> what Joe? Daniel Bryan just showed up now. Oh my god! Okay, see now that's they should have spaced that shit out. They were, they were, they were talking about doing that. Daniel, Daniel Bryan wasn't supposed to show up till the the New York pay per view. But they're they're getting worried that the New York show could get canceled. Canceled, Or no fans restricted. So Adam Cole, Adam Cole just cut a promo. He said, "Story time with Adam Cole, baby." And he said, the, you know, the elite is the most dominant faction in wrestling history, blah, 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 going on today. And he goes, and there's no chance in hell anyone's going to stop us. And I was like, oh, there's your shot at WWE. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing. They've blown their load now. Yes. So Daniel Bryan's standing next to Christian and Jungle Boy. Getting and getting, Daniel Bryan's going after the elite. Getting getting just a million viewers a week is not going to cut it anymore. No, they're they're going to have to be pulling in more than that now, like pretty quick. So I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying they can. I'm saying they have to. Oh yeah, they have to now. Other otherwise, it's 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 going to have been too much too soon. Because now in the span of what of what three weeks now. They've given us yeah. Punk and Cole and Brian. Yeah. And Ruby Soho. 
Yeah, and Bray Wyatt could be on the way. Uh, you know, yes. So, all right. Well, hey, balls in your court Sorry, now. Man, meter up. Yeah. So, ball, so we ball, got ball, some ball, Brian ball, Junk, ball, baby. Balls in your court now. AEW, run with it or uh, or uh, shut the fuck up. They, they can't. The thing with WWE is they 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 have nothing to come back with this. No, they really. All they have is they have they, they, they have Brock, Brock. They Brock. They had Brock and Becky, and they played those cards. And the only other thing Brock. they could do would be the only other thing they could conceivably do anything would be the Rock, and we know this can't happen for any number of reasons. So, yeah. And if it does happen, it's not going to happen until after Reigns and Brock's feeds over. Yeah. So what January? Yeah, well, that's just say yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna bring Rock back just because you know yeah yeah. All right. So Sorry, with that yes. awesome enlightening news of AEW and blowing their load all over everybody, and then AJ blowing his load in his pants, we're gonna call it a night. <laughs> we, we should we should all text them that as soon as we go off. <laughs> but. As always, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Whether you're catching this live on Facebook, you watch it later on YouTube, you listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Pand- uh, Pandora, wherever you're catching us, we thank you for tuning in, listening to our crazy babbling and bullshit that we do each and every week. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of bullshit. Yeah, a lot of bu- <laughs> a lot of bullshit. Um, but we have fun, and we hope you guys have fun listening. And, you know, if you want to just uh, hit us up, you can hit us up at – what is our email address there, Joe? It's uh, four, uh, four Guys oh, Roundtable shit, Show. Yeah, I don't even know. No, it's Look, fourguysroundtable gotta... at gmail.com. There's not the show in there. I think you couldn't get the show in there. I think it's Four Guys Roundtable. I, I, I don't. Let me, let me verify that stuff. So you got to – You got to oh, <laughs> you you prompt you with, with that. Be ready with the <laughs> – yeah, You have you what shit I need to know. <laughs> but you can I drop us a line on Facebook – of course, and that's Four Guys Roundtable show on Facebook. You can also hit us yeah, up yeah. at Twitter at Four Guys Roundtable. Um, so we're always there on those two things. So uh, once again, thank you for dropping in, and we want to say uh, good evening, good morning, and good afternoon, and we'll catch you on the next episode. You drop.